When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Welcome back to Dwayne's World. Always great to have so many of your calls and your texts coming through. Been an absolute pleasure to take so many of your calls today. Time to talk, well, a little bit more footy and some racing. SEN Tracks, Campbell Brown has been good enough to join us to have a chat about, well, the races are on tonight. Pretty big meeting at the Valley tonight with the Manicato, but obviously the Cox Plate tomorrow. Brownie, welcome to you. Great to have you on the program again. Yeah, afternoon, Dwayne. Another uh, big week coming up, isn't it? It is. It's huge. I was talking to Jared Waitley a couple of days ago and listening to him talk about the Everest. Uh, you've obviously seen that unfold. What's the? Can you rank the Group 1s? For me, as they are right now, what's the top three or four? He reckons there's a there's like a Grand Slam five now with the Everest now part of it. Where do you rank the Cox Plate, and how have you got the top three or four around Australia? Yeah, it's I mean it's always individual preference. I've I've been a massive lover of the Cox Plate since I went there in about oh, 1999 and saw a Sunline uh, go around the Great New Zealand Mare, and I rate Cox Plate one. Uh, especially when Daryl Braithwaite would be cranking out horses. That's uh, the best. Um, I must admit, I just in previous years, you know, I'm a big Everest fan. I'd probably put that number two uh, in mm. terms of... Because it's not just about the racing anymore. It's it's about the entertainment, the whole experience. And, you know, the fact that they put a big band on afterwards and you can stay at the track until all hours and continue on is, you know, for the younger generation, I'm right in the middle at the moment, Dwayne, at nearly 40 years of age. But it's a big thing, Um Knowing where to, where you want to kick on afterwards yeah. and, and things like so that. So did they have Bruno Mars last in. week, or did Bruno Mars play at the not, uh, at the other stadium after the after the? Yeah, race? other stadium, not at the track. But right. they, had a, they had a couple of DJs say. that came on, and um, it was just I mean, it's just a great vibe. And so yeah. that'd be number two. I'd have um, probably Melbourne Cup three, Caulfield Cup two, and and then you've got uh, the Slipper, don't you, up in Sydney? That's yeah. you know a massive one, but it's more for the racing purists, I suppose. While we're doing the ratings, uh, who's the best jockey in the land at the moment? Your best couple? Oh, it's, it's I mean, James McDonald is by an absolute mile. I mean, he's getting the best rides as well, and um, that also helps. But, geez, he's, he's been absolutely on fire. And um, I just, I love seeing jockeys that, you know, there's been a couple this year, Jamie Mott and Jared Fry, that are sort of early 30s that have been in the industry for. Mm you know, 15-plus years, toiling away. People call them good country jockeys. But when they get their opportunity in Group 1s, um, you know, they're never riding favourites, but they've both won their first Group 1s um, this year. And um, I just I love the perseverance and, you know, a lot, a lot of time and effort and energy has gone into that opportunity. And, um, and, and they've taken it. And uh, it's just been absolutely fantastic to see, you know, all their hard work pay off. Best trainers in the land? Who's the, who would you take? Oh, you've got a couple of horses with some great trainers who you're no doubt going to pump up here. But if you could take your horse to any trainer in the land right now? 
Oh, that's a tough question. I mean, Chris Waller, absolutely flying. Um, obviously, you've got you know the the, the Blue Army Godolphin, um, and, and they they have a fair advantage with Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid Al Maktoum mm. pumping in so much money. Gay Waterhouse is a personal favourite of mine. Um, I think Mick Price, um, Mick Kent Jr. You know they're 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 killing it, and then you've got um, Kieran Maher and Dave Eustace that have won the premiership down here in Victoria the last few years. So we're we're pretty lucky to have so many good trainers out there, and I mean there's plenty of others as well that do fantastic jobs. And while you're on a roll, um, it's because I know the Caulfield Carnival's done, but who'll have the biggest spring? Who'll be the king or queen of the spring, do you think, by the time we get to the end of the Flemington Carnival? Uh, I think I think this spring's Godolphins. Uh, they, if, I mean, if Anamo wins um, tomorrow, they've got Pulele running tonight to um, Manicato, that, you know, he's the favourite. They're, they're just winning everything at the moment. It doesn't just happen. It's years and years in the making, um, but they're just in the absolute sweet spot. Um, so it's fantastic. And I suppose the other other talking point is, you know, there's some whispers out there that this could be Damien Oliver's last spring. Um, you know, he, he might call it quits uh, at um, you know, 50 years of age, um, and he's been you know the best of all time. So if it is his uh, last last spring carnival, hopefully he can go out with a couple of nice winners at Flemington. Yeah, and his promoted racing as well. He's been a ripper. Uh, and those people have been lucky enough to be in the company of Damien Oliver, and I'm sure you have uh, hundreds of times. Uh, it's just a nice place to be, having a chat about all things racing and footy, of course, with uh, Damien. He loves his footy as well. Um, so tonight then, Pulele, you think? You just mentioned Pulele in the Manicato tonight. You think it's going to be tough to beat? It'll be hard to beat, but I'm very much a fan of Bella Nipotina. Um her run in the Moya was absolutely huge. If, if she drew a gate uh, on that particular occasion, um, she wins. Just got nosed out by Cool and Gatto, who had the lightweight that night. So, Bella Nipotina, drawn barrier two. Got the inform Craig Williams in the saddle. Can sit a little bit closer and um, and have last crack at him. I think, uh, you know, she's a, she's a star. She loves the Valley as well. Anything else tonight so we can build a bank for tomorrow? That's probably the only one tonight. Um, I'm really keen on a few. And we're a bit unlucky last week, Dwayne. Yeah, you I know. Go back and watch the race of Montefilia. Gee whiz. Uh, no luck at all. Got out late and, and closed and finished fourth, which doesn't help us when when you tip it each way. But one to follow for the Melbourne Cup, for sure, Montefilia. Don't jump off. A um, couple of plays tomorrow. We're going to go to uh, the Gold Cup. Um, and I mentioned how uh, good a trainer Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott are. They've got Sacramento in the, the Gold Cup, and I think it's one that will have its own time out in front. It's about $12. can jump and go to the lead. There's not going to be much pressure on it. Um, rock hard fits, and uh, I think its last couple of runs up in Sydney have been superb when it's been taken on a long way out and um, still um, had the fitness and the, the tenaciousness to kick on and, and really run a place. Cox Blade, I've mentioned Animo, and uh, deserved $2 favourite. Zaki's the danger. Um, I think those two will fight the race out. Um, and then if we go up to Sydney, there's some nice racing up in Sydney. It sort of gets forgotten a little bit on Cox Plate Day. But race number six, the Brian Crowley Stakes. Um, Jerome Hunter's got one up there called Thron Bone. It's, it's going to be a soft track. His horse is unbeaten on the soft track and, um, and racing in ripping form and um, I know it got beaten last start at Caulfield over 1,100, but it bumped into a couple of good ones, one being Giga Kick, which obviously then went on yep. and won the, um, the Everest last week. So that's $7.50. 
Golden Mile should be um, should be winning in race number seven, and um, I think if we can get those uh, those four home, we'll have a very nice day. I like it. Uh, speaking of Sydney, do you think there'll ever be a day when the major races are dotted through the spring um, apart from each other, uh, or are we always going to have Melbourne v Sydney um, on major race days all spring forever? Oh, well, I think at the moment the way that they're butting heads, um, they're going to just keep taking each other on and. Um, I think it's good. It's healthy for the sport. It's not ideal for trainers and jockeys having to make decisions on where they're going to be for particular race days because they'd love to be riding in all the big races. But Peter Volandis does a great job for New South Wales racing. And it's sort of, it's forced Victorian racing to to, to think think twice about how they look at their spring carnival. And um, I think competition, especially in the racing industry where there's not a, a national sort of um, look at it. It's each state and jurisdiction for itself. It, it can only be a good thing. We'll keep an eye on that as well, see if they ever get together, but uh, I can't see it happening either. Hey, Brownie, a couple of footy questions before you go. Kane Corns was talking earlier today about Hawthorne cutting too deep. I'm a bit more optimistic about what Sam Mitchell might be able to end up doing as a coach, but how optimistic or pessimistic are you about Hawthorne being able to get themselves up the ladder in the next couple of years? Oh, I think it's a massive step back. Uh, this year, I was, I was really happy with how competitive they were. I think eight wins and um, didn't get blown away too often. Um, and if you look at the players that are, are gone, obviously McAvoy retires. There's 250 games. Gunston's gone. It's, it's hard to find a four that consistently yeah. will bob up and kick you three or four goals. Liam Shields and Daniel Howe, just two really good role players. There's another 300-odd games gone. Um, and then Mitchell and O'Meara, they're just the leadership and the grunt inside around the midfield. Is, you know, it's hard to replace. So they know what they're doing. Sammy Mitchell's got a, a very clear sort of game plan and, and where he wants to take this footy club. And he's, he said right from the start, he's not just interested in making up the numbers in the top eight. He only wants to make the finals if he can go on and win a premiership. And um, I think that's the, the mindset that all clubs should have, but there's no doubt that with all those players we just mentioned going out of the side all at once, um, it, it puts a, a fair bit of pressure on some of the young guys coming through that had good years, but they'll need to, they'll need to have better years next year, and that's going to be a bit harder um, you know, with, uh, with the pressure that they're going to be under. So, yeah, I sort of see them dropping back into the bottom four, um, and you know, depending on how strong next year's draft is and some things like that, they can they can bounce back, but it's going to be a bit of a slow burn. Do you think uh, he's, because he's a club champion and uh, he might actually be a really good coach, we don't know, but do you think he's more likely to survive this rebuild phase that uh, David Teagues and Brendan Boltons and Mark Neilds and Ben Ruttons of the world haven't been able to survive? Yeah, because I think everyone's on the same page. Um, you know, he's coming to this job with a, with a clear understanding that it's a new era. Um, you know, all the board are behind him, the president, the, the footy manager. They know exactly where they want to take this club. And it's just, it's really important. Sort of, he, he got the job. Um, they've looked automatically forward three, four, five years as to where they want to be rather than just taking the reins because a, a, a coach uh, has got sacked. And then you're given, you know, two, maybe three years where you've got to produce results. Otherwise, the board get impatient again. That sort of hasn't happened at Hawthorne for a little while. And, um, you know, it's a bit of stability there for, for a coach, especially of, of Sam Mitchell's ilk. And if Ross Lyon gets the job at St Kilda, Saints have finished 10th and 10th the last two years. Will they finish better or 
worse in the next two, do you think, if Ross gets Oh, he's as job. good as got it, Dwayne. You can, you can, you can right. mark him in uh, the right. next week or so. He's got that job. And, you know, it's, it's one of those ones where I said to you last week that you know, I'm not in favour of, of coaches going back and coaching sides that they have. But in, in the end of the day, if he's the best fit and the St Kilda board believe for this group, this period of time, he's their guy, go for it. He's got experience. He knows what it takes to, to get a club to be successful. I don't reckon when he was a coach of the Dockers or the Saints, you know, I, I don't think we ever looked at their sides and went, geez, they're jam-packed full of unbelievable talent. He just, he just got the absolute best out of his players, and in particular some of his role players, your Rob Eddies and your Andrew McWalters, your Peaks, you know, those sort of guys really played good footy under him and, and, and that's what he does. So... Yeah, they'll definitely improve. I mean, they they couldn't they couldn't play worse with the list that they had um, next year than they did this year. I thought they were massively underwhelming this year, and I think with Ross Lyon, he's a pretty strong-worded, disciplined coach. He'd have them uh, climbing up the ladder. Yeah, look, we get mesmerised by the fact that Nick Rewatt was such a superstar player, but I think you're right. I think beyond a couple of their superstars, I think he made Stephen Milne a hell of a lot better player than. You know, people don't give Stephen Milne the credit for how great a goal kicker he was, but I think Ross Lyon kind of made Milne a great player too. So I'm, I think I'm with you on a lot of that. Uh, hey, Brownie, great to have a chat to you. Always good to be able to pick your brain. Hopefully you've picked a winner for us, uh, especially tonight. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully you've got off. a winner for <laughs> And uh, hopefully tomorrow as well. Good luck at the track. Have a great weekend. Campbell Brown joining us from SEN Track. Hawthorne Premiership star as well, former Gold Coast son. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.